Welcome to We're Talking. We have an opinion about everything, and it means absolutely nothing. Now, here are your hosts, the rocket surgeon and the brain scientist, but we're not sure who's who. Craig Malasa and Josh Jacno, they're talking. Welcome to We're Talking. Tonight we have Mr. Jay Walker with us, the voice of the Raging Cajuns. Good afternoon, Jay. How are you this evening? I'm 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 well. I you know made it through another weekend, and and it's it's Monday. It was a beautiful day today, and it's going to rain tomorrow, but that's okay because we don't play ball tomorrow. Yeah, that's the nice thing about this week. I mean, we're supposed to get some rain. Hopefully, it gets all through before the weekend. Uh, today was a beautiful day. I wish my plumber had come today, but that didn't happen. So. On to bigger and better things. There you go. So before we get into baseball, let's talk a little bit about the softball team. It seemed like Coach Glasgow this evening on the coaches show was a little bit more relaxed, maybe not as uh, uptight before that trip to uh, South Carolina. Yeah, I think that was a couple of things. You know, first of all, I think it's gotten in his craw that their previous two trips that they've made to Coastal Carolina, they dropped a game, and 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 I think I think. He was a little bit testy last week, I, I think, on the show, and even said, we're not going to stay in Myrtle Beach, we're going to stay in Conway. We'll come to find out they did stay in Myrtle Beach, but nowhere near the beach. And, um, you know, they went out, they took care of their business, and then the p- second part of that is by sweeping the series, they won the Sunbelt Conference regular season championship. And, you know, I think, you know, we as fans sometimes take for granted, okay, you're going to win the league because they've won it 17 times out of 20. But Jerry Glasgow's first year, they didn't win the regular season and they didn't win the tournament. And so I think, you know, it's important to him that you win the regular season. But the other thing is this. Yeah, you got bigger fish to fry every year because you're going to be a regional team. You hope to be a super regional team. You hope to get to the College World Series but you also always have to take time, I think, to celebrate accomplishments. And they're going to go back out and play this weekend. But I think you take a day or so to say, look, we're a conference champion. And this league was pretty doggone good this year, especially at the top with Troy and South Alabama and Texas State. So, yeah, he was, uh, he was a little bit uh, more relaxed uh, tonight when we spoke. And, and winning a championship will do that to you. I don't know if, if it's true or not, but I read somewhere today that they have uh, four teams in the top 50 RPI. Four teams in the top 40. Top 40. Yep. I think South Alabama's at 39 um, this morning. Uh, Cajuns were the highest one at 21. And, yeah, they um, that's that's pretty impressive. You know, I I think you're going to get three teams in the regional. I guess I think there's a chance you could get all four. But, you know, the tournament may knock one of those teams out of there. But it's going to be a multi-bid league, and it may be the most teams you've ever gotten in a regional from the Sun Belt. So that is a really, really good thing. And um, so, no, it, it, it's something to celebrate. They're, they're a conference champion again. Well, I think part of it, too, is the, the Sun Belt has done a good job. Fine, well, they've done it for a few years now, so I don't want to uh, discredit I think Commissioner Benson did it where the the top seed, top two seeds got to buy closer to the finals. So hopefully uh, the Cajuns and all four of them, all four teams will get to play the top rated seeds there. 
and not not have to uh I think kill some RPI killers. I think the way that it's set up this year um once again like it is with the men all the 10 teams are going to the tournament. And I think they're going to have a, a single elimination the first day, 7 plays 10, 8 plays 9, which means that when when 1 and 2 go out there they will have played teams that have already played a game. Um you know, you're still you're still going to have to navigate the bracket. You're still going to have somebody on your side of the bracket who's really good. But, you know, just got to go play. Well, the good thing about it is they, that they know they can play. And he talked a little bit tonight about possibly getting some players back. I know he didn't want to go into it too much. I'm sure several reasons. One being he can't talk about it probably. Right. The other one being he doesn't want to jinx anything come tomorrow morning sure. maybe. So there's there's a chance they'll get Alyssa Dalton. There's a chance they'll get Raina O'Neill. There's a chance they'll get neither one. Um, you've got you know one more weekend of um, regular season play before you go over to Troy for the conference tournament. It's a big weekend because it's senior weekend, um, and and one of the one of the seniors you're going to honor is somebody that's been there for five years. Um, that's going to leave probably third all-time in wins, and it's a local girl. And so it's going to be a really emotional Saturday, I think, um, for the coaches, the players, and for the fans, too. You know, because of the fact that Summer Ellison is a Lafayette girl, um, I think that makes this senior day a little bit more special with her being one of the all-time greats. I don't want to get into the past too much, but I've got to believe that summer being local and then being here when Coach Classico came on might have been part of the healing process also. For I agree. I agree. Um, you know, some girls chose to leave. She could have been one of them. She chose not to leave, and she chose to embrace the new coaching staff. And, you know, she's the one that's, you know, been there all four years because we've had some players come and go. And some of the players we brought in were two year players, but, um, but yeah, she's, I think the only one that's been with Jerry all four years. And, and so that, that makes it very special. And, you know, I don't know summer very well. I talked to her a little bit on the one road trip that I made. Um, she's a really pleasant young lady, but I love it. And it's something I noticed watching her. Once she gets in the circle, her expression never changes. She's about as deadpan as it gets. She doesn't, you know, every time she strikes somebody out, she doesn't pump her fist or anything like that. Every time somebody gets a hit, she doesn't go kick the dirt or, or, or cuss and give me the ball back. Let's go back to work. I've liked watching her work. She's she's very very fun to watch, and, and it's uh, it's always sad to see someone that's been here for four years, five years leave when they do i know it's going to be very emotional for the fans for the family i'm sure john ellison and his wife john john was at the, the coaches show tonight and um you know first of all when he sat down the show hadn't started yet and um and i said well i said we you know we celebrated her 84th win i said so now here's to 92 and um but as we, as Jerry and I were talking about Senior Day and what it means and what Summers meant to the program, you know, the smile kind of left his face. I could tell it was. It's going to be a really emotional day for 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 John and for Cherie, because look, let's face it. You know, they've been watching her 
pitch since she was a little girl. And they've made all of these trips, invested an awful lot of time and money. And, you know, she's going to walk out, and this is going to be the last time she plays at Lamson Park unless they're hosting a regional. Yeah, which I think the uh, NCAA has already li- listed the regional sites this year already. They've got 20 sites that they will go- get down to 16, and we were not one of them. There so. you go. Uh, yeah, it probably will be, and I've got to believe maybe that takes a little bit of pressure off this team, too, not playing in front of everyone. Uh, but at the same time, it still would be nice. And the other thing is, this weekend, for senior weekend, the do- the gates are open. You know, you got 100% capacity. And look, the way that they did the social distancing because of the, the, the bleachers and the grand... They were only able to have about 250 fans per game. They've got a chance to have 2,000 this weekend. And, um, you know, softball, the softball fans are so incredibly loyal. And so they're going to have some nice crowds. It'll be, you know, for somebody like Jade Gutierrez, who's a, a, a one-and-done player with them, she's never seen Lanson Park rocking. No. And she's going to get to see it this weekend. And uh, so that's going to be very special as well, a chance to, to do it in front of a a lot of Cajun softball fans. It's going to be a fun weekend. I hope everyone makes it out. Uh, Jay and I will be right back after this message to talk a little baseball. Thank you. Welcome back to We're Talking Tonight with Jay Walker. My name's Craig Melanson. Josh Jagno is out tonight. He's sick, but I'm pretty sure it's because his Cubs lost two out of three to the Reds. Not that it's a big deal for the Reds, but the Cubs really stink anyway this year, and they're probably not that good and probably not going to win a whole lot of games. I mean, but the Reds did take two out of three from the Dodgers too, which we won't go into. I, you know something? As a Dodgers fan, I'm not I'm not hammering anybody right now because I think the Dodgers have lost ten out of thirteen, and and I'm so I'm being very humble right now. Well, you know, the Reds started out the same way as the Dodgers did, very hot, not as hot as the Dodgers did, but they they the Reds a bit had a bigger free fall than the Dodgers, and they they also found out today that Dustin May has to have Tommy John. Ooh, sorry to hear that for any pitcher, yeah. any any player in, in Major League Baseball. You know, it's one of those things, before we get to the Cajuns, we'll go ahead and talk a little bit of MLB. Um, oh, now I just had a brain fart here with uh, the pitcher that came over from the Reds that was a free agent. Uh, uh, Trevor Bauer. Yes. I don't know why, but I still like him. I mean, because he he was – what I got to see last year was very impressive. He, he pitched a complete game the other night against the Brewers, had nothing to show for it, took the loss. Yep. But, uh, he's good. He's really good. Yeah. He, he – and if you can get through the antics, he's a fun player to watch as, as far as watching a pitcher well, perform. Well, you know, it, it's what, – what is the old saying? He's a jerk, but he's my jerk. Exactly. You know? And he was your jerk last year. And so, you, you know, when it's your guy, you put up with an awful lot of stuff that if he played for somebody else, you wouldn't like so much. Yeah, I know. And and, and that's why Josh and I had a little text exchange uh, about the uh, uh, about the Cubs, the Cubs-Red series. And just for those that are wondering, we do have a little Elijah Craig tonight. Both of us are having a, a sip. It's uh, Joey's barrel pick from a few years back. Hopefully, Joey, my understanding over at Joey's in La- of Lafayette over on uh, Bertrand Drive. If you haven't been there, go out there and see Joey. Say hello. But hopefully, he'll be doing another barrel pick soon, and we'll be talking about it on We're Talking. So Wonderful. Back to Cajun baseball, though. Rough weekend for Kate, uh, Cajun fans, Cajun baseball. Um, I was out for a wedding, so I, I missed all three games. I've, I've been able to read a little bit and everything, but what? Well, 
you know, first of all, there's something I got to address. And, and I would say, forgive me for pissing off some of the Cajun fan base, but I don't apologize for what I'm, for what I'm about to say. Nor should you. Look, I understand that the word just got out a day or two before. I understand that the weather forecast wasn't good. And I understand that this team uh, is not in first place in the league. But they opened up Russo Park this weekend. And on that Friday night, they sold 70 tickets. 70 extra tickets. 70 tickets on game day. That's pathetic. And the, one of the problems, you know, we, we, we stroke our fans all the time, and we do. But the reality of the situation is Cajun Nation is, by and large, a front-runner fan base. It's, it's like the parent who says to his kid, I'll love you as long as you make straight A's. And the team is, is not playing great right now. And I'm partially going to give them a mulligan because the word was late getting out and because the weather forecast wasn't good. Cajun fans don't have an excuse this weekend. You know, you've got, um, you know, Friday, you've got a direct conflict. Saturday, you really don't. You've got a game at 2 o'clock and a game at 4 o'clock, so you can go watch softball and then go watch baseball. And you've got no conflict on Sunday. You know, if you don't, and, I, and, and I'm not expecting 4,500 fans at Russo Park. I'm not. But if you can't get half that, then then stop with this, oh, well, you know, I'm entitled to this, and I'm entitled to that, and, and I should have this, and they should be doing this for me. Look, you talked about the concessions. They went and got the, the outside concession people back. They, they were selling tickets, and, they, and uh, it's too expensive, so they lowered the price. They've done everything that they can to make it attractive to go out and go to and, and go to, to Russo Park. Well, both of them, I don't I don't think at five dollar a ticket for Lamson Park and Russo Park this weekend, there's no excuse. No, there is no excuse. And and I just, you know, it, it just irritates the hell out of me that Cajun fans spend so much time patting themselves on the back and talking about what great fans they are, when the reality of the situation is you're a great fan when your team is winning. And, and, and when your team isn't winning, you aren't. And, and that is the history uh, of this fan base. And despite the fact that, you know, you've changed administration, you've changed athletic directors, you've changed... The reality is still, it's a front-runner fan base. I'll go when. I'll go when. Yep. I'll go if. And um, I was very, very disappointed. 70 tickets. 70 on Friday, the first night that you could go, 70 tickets is what they sold. Now, if I'm the athletic director, and I'm not, and the athletic director is a lot smarter person than I am, but I'm not going to spend the money to put the rest of these games on ESPN+. I'm not. What, part, of the, part of what has happened here is when you couldn't go to the games, the games were streamed. You got very comfortable in your easy chair with a beer or a bourbon next to you. And so now it's time for you to get out of your easy chair. And it was it's just too easy, Friday night especially, to, to go ahead. Now the Saturday doubleheader was not on the stream. But if I'm if I'm Brian Maggard, I'm not putting any more games on ESPN Plus. You want to go see your team play? 
Come go on see up. your team play. Um, because, look, the production for these games isn't cheap. No. And, and the sad part is, e- even with everything, I mean, what Connor Cook has done for the last couple of games has been un- unbelievable. Uh, Austin Perrin, for that matter. Uh, Blake Schultz. I mean, we can go on and on about the individual's performances. You and- did it again. You, did you, I say Blake? Yep, Jacob, Jacob Schultz. Did I say Blake last week, too? Um, no, but Top Ham does that all oh, the time, too. gosh. Um, Take two, Jacob Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, um, you know, hopefully they've got seven home games left, and hopefully the, the folks will show up for them. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm off my soapbox now. I just, yeah. I just had to say that. Well, before we get, before we deep dive in the games, let's talk about Tyler Robinson at third base. How many games was that? How did he do? I mean, again, he I didn't played, get to see he him. He played all to... three games at third. Um, he did not make an error. Not only did he not make an error, he made a couple of three very good plays, one of them spectacular. Um, he, he looked like a natural there. And, and look, you know, maybe this weekend he'll pick up six errors. I don't know. Well, but he was really, really good. Let, let's go back to your conversation tonight with Coach Steggs because I missed, I missed his answer when you asked him, did Tyler come to him or was that one of just those harebrained things that he does? Well, and, and he said, he said, you understand I have a little mad scientist in me. Uh, no, that was, that was him. He said he had been thinking about it for a couple of weeks. And finally, he said, look, it can't get any worse. So um, he said by, by putting him at third base, it opens up another outfield position where you actually have a little, a uh, couple extra guys and it gets Brennan bros lineup in the bat in the lineup every day. Uh, it gives you a chance to get Cofield into the lineup as well at first base because he could play the outfield, but he's not a third baseman. They tried that. That didn't work. Yes. So, um, and, and he talked about left-handed throwers. He said, you know, you've got, you've got bro and Rocca for it. They could either play the outfield or first base or DH, and that's it, you know. And 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 so they they went ahead and uh, and did it this way. And I think honestly, he's got. Now we can talk about who's going to play short. Is it going to be Lede or Borgonio? And the and the correct answer is whichever one hits. And Lede had home runs in both ends of the doubleheader on Saturday. But they've basically got their best nine guys in the lineup now, their best nine hitters. And, you know, now Matt's a hitting guy, but he's also right when he says, when we score five or more, we've been pretty much unbeatable this year. So, you know, they're not a great defensive club. Um, Their bullpen has been a little spotty. Uh, And so... You know, he's going to get his best hitters in the lineup and see if he can just go out and score enough runs to win. Yeah, this team has not been, by any stretch of the imagination, a good defensive team. And you really have to go back, um, well, back to 2000 and 2002 to find a worse fielding team that the Cajuns have had. And the 2002 team was a regional team. Yes, they were. And they had a 961. We're at 962 right now. Now that both of those are through uh, 43 games, and they were. But the difference is they they were 28 and 15. We're 23 and 20. So we've got some work to do, but we can get there. I, I truly believe that. As we talked off the air, um, 
everything is still in front of him. Even first place in the in the Western Division, uh, you know, lots of work to do still. But I, I'm jumping ahead here. Let's go back to Texas State and what we saw, what you liked, what you didn't like. Well, We're, you know, what happened with Arigetti on Friday is is really inex, inexplainable. Um, you know, he's retired eleven in a row. And then he gives up eight straight hits, nine straight hits. Now, you know, there has been word that has gotten through the channels that they've figured out, somebody was able to figure out what's coming. And they've been sharing it around the league. And um, Now, it sounds like from Coach Stegg's tonight, that's when he's in the stretch, though, more so than when he's... Uh, I think that's correct, um, but you, but he can't pitch from the windup all the time, right? And but but even look, even if and, and coach is right, even if they know what's coming, the odds of getting nine consecutive hits are just not good. Okay, but it happened. But okay. the odds of getting three straight hits are not good. Yeah. And then uh, Connor Cook was tremendous. Um, I thought Austin Perrin pitched well in game two. He had, you know, he had a guy getting a hit on a really good pitch that had no, he had no business hitting the darn ball, but he did. Uh, and it brought home two runs early. Um, but he, but he pitched fine. Okay. He pitched fine. The, the reality is in that, in that, in that third game, they couldn't, um, couldn't get a big hit when they needed it. Well, Two things they haven't been doing as much, and I thought they did a good job of it, was the the team not striking out. Right. Uh, and I don't remember looking to see how we did on the pitching side, as far as hitting batters or yeah, walking. We, we didn't. We, we didn't. We okay. didn't. We didn't do a whole lot of that. Well, and and that's saying again, no no teams two teams are the same, but comparing them going back. I mean, the 42 hit batters that we've had through uh, 43 games is very high, and the the walks uh, are only second to 2019. So, if we're doing better there and we can continue to move forward, and I know uh, I think we talked there was one error over the weekend or yeah, two, one. So and 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 look, I look at the lineup that he put out there. Okay, Osborne obviously is married to hitting leadoff because he's been a terror ever since they put him there. Um, we know how good Ben Fitzgerald is because we've seen it. We know how good Rockefort can be because we've seen it. We know how good Brennan Bro can be because we've seen it. We know how good Kimple can be because we've seen it. We know how good Robertson can be because we've seen it. We now know how good C.J. Willis can be because we've seen it. All right, we, we, we know that Borgonio and, and Lede have got some capabilities offensively as well. What has happened is you've never had more than three or four of them hot at the same time. But we know they're all capable. So, I, you know, Matt, Matt is a pretty positive guy to start with, yep. okay? He's definitely a half-glass-full dude. But he said it, and I think we were in a commercial break. He said, if our talent all decides to show up at the same time, he said, we could storm our way through this tournament. And he's right. 
I agree. If you look at the hitting streaks and where, when the guys have been hot in that, I mean, I, I, I think, I don't think anybody touches, especially if our pitching is there. The thing they've got to do that they haven't done all year long is they've got to get the key hit with two outs. Nobody is as good doing that as South Alabama is. And where are they? Oh, that would be first place. Even though they hit about 230 as a team, they hit with two outs. Um, Texas State had struggled doing that all year long. And the, the nine runs that they scored on Friday, all with two outs. The six runs that they scored in game three, I think five of them came with two outs. So that is the thing the Cajuns haven't done all year long that they have to do. They have to get the key hit with two outs. Yes. Kind of hard to argue with any of that. Any last things about, well, before we, before we move on, let, uh, what happened after Aaron Getty left the game? Were we already, was, was that, did we pitch well? Did, were we able no, to No, we pitched him? fine. We pitched so, fine. They didn't score anymore. Okay. You know, Aragetti was charged with um, all of the runs. Okay. And we pitched fine after that. When uh, and, and they did it with um, Jeff Nelson came in and threw three and a third scoreless innings. He was very good. And then Dixon finished up. Um, you know, Tally did what Tally does uh, in the first game on Saturday. And then, you know, Jacob Schultz did a really good job out of the pen on Sunday. Um, no, I, you know... We got to hit better. Totally agree. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk North Alabama. We'll talk a little bit about the Sun Belt Conference tournament. Not getting too far ahead, though. But what what we what the Cajuns need to do to get there. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. Welcome back to We're Talking. The real reason we had to take a break was to pour another bourbon, not for a commercial. But since we had a commercial, so what? Well, well and I, I I want to let it be known I did not pour another bourbon. Well, that's because you're a little bit more mature than I am. No, it, it just means that I sl- drink a little slower. <laughs> oh, wow, that one hurt. I don't think that's even true. I don't but, think it's true either, but the fact the facts are the facts in this particular case. And I'm sure Josh is laying in bed right now going, those son of a guns uh-huh. drinking without me. Well, Josh, you know, if you wouldn't be such a weenie about your Cubs losing, you might get out of bed and come do something. Sometime. That's correct. All right. Texas State is here and gone. What is it Satchel Page said? Don't look in the rearview mirror because someone might be gaining on you or something like yeah, that. Don't look back. Don't look back. Nice song by uh, Johnny Lee Hooker as well. Don't look back. Johnny Lee Hooker and Van Morrison, as a matter of fact. Didn't Boston have a... They had an album called Don't Look Back. No, they had a, a hit record called Don't Look Back. Was that off the first one then? No, second album. Don't Look Back. Okay. But I think it was a song. It Was it the record too? Oh, never mind. We're moving on. <laughs> North Alabama. Not a team, you know, seven wins, five of them against Lipscomb, one against Little Rock early on in the season. Again, but Little Rock was not at home. There you go, Jekyll and Hyde system again for them. You know, one of their pitchers, Funk, won six innings. Only gives up two earned runs, three altogether. But again, uh, the Little Rock team on the road is not very good. So they, you know, they struggle to score. If you look at, at the at the games uh, that they played over in Arlington over the weekend, they get no hit on Friday. 11 innings, they can't get a hit. Um, Saturday, I think it was 5-4. to four, And then, you know, Sunday, again, I think they scored one or two runs. They, they struggle to score when they're not at Gary Hogan Field. That, and, 
and I just can't explain that. I mean, I know it's smaller, but it doesn't seem like they're hitting any more home runs at home than they are on the road or anything. So, well, what's the old? You know, they they think they can hit when they're at home, and so they're therefore they do. Um, look, I I would I would lie to you and say North Alabama is a good baseball team, but I'd be lying. Okay, they're they're not. Now, like many teams, their numbers are skewed a little bit. Because they have just gotten hammered in midweek games this year, and um, and they've played quite a few against Power Five schools. So um, they did play Alabama to an eight-six game uh, one night, but they have given up a lot of runs in the middle of the week, and they've been a little bit better on the weekends. But having said all that, of players who have pitched more than two innings this year. They have no one with an ERA under four and a half. Yeah, they gave up 18 to uh, to Alabama and then 20 to Ole Miss. I'm sorry, 18 to Mississippi State, then 20 to Ole, uh, to Ole Miss. Uh, not very good. And like you said, the 6-8 game against Alabama. But uh, And then after they play us, they go to Vanderbilt, and which is actually uh, to Vanderbilt and then to Auburn before their conference tournament. Uh, which they're not qualifying for. Oh, they're not. Well, they don't have any more conference games, and oh, they're, that's in, true. they're in last place. Okay, I didn't know. Um, they, despite beating Lipscomb five times, <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, they 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 won the first two games over the weekend, lost the third. Had they swept, then they would have gotten out of the cellar, and Lipscomb would have dropped in. But they um, they don't have any more conference games, and so nobody can fall below them. You know, it's it's funny. I watched uh, the end of, or I, I tuned in in the middle of the game because there was nothing else on that had any interest to me in the college baseball uh, scene. And my Reds had already finished uh, beating the Cubs for the second time that weekend. But uh, they, I saw uh, right as I tuned in, the bases were loaded for Lipsum. Their guy hit a his second grand slam of the game. Uh, so. Uh, which again, they gave up 14 runs. I did not know about that. That I didn't realize on their conference tournament. But the A Sun tournament is a very interesting tournament in the sense of it goes 30 Thursday through Saturday next weekend. Then they take a couple of days off and come back Thursday through Saturday for the final four. Yeah, the um, the first weekend is a, a best two out of three against the, the against the opponent that you're matched up with based on where you finished during the regular season, and they've got it. They've got the conference split into north and south. Okay, so you've got four teams in the north. They're going to pair up and play two out of three. Four teams in the south going to play two out of three. And then the um, the four survivors of those four series uh, advance to the uh, next round. And they uh, and I think they play a double elimination the following weekend. I I would think so with uh, Thursday through Saturday. But it but it's a, it it really is. I think it's a kind of a unique way to do it. There may be other leagues that that do this. I don't know of any, but I think it, it it's kind of a, a an interesting way that they do it. You know the the one thing that I noticed about North Alabama though is that as as just as little as uh, 2012. You know, I think they had 12 trips to the NCAA tournament, their last one being in 2012. As a D2 school, yeah. Oh, was that a D2 school? Yeah, okay, I just... that, was a, that was as a D2. Uh, I think this is their third year as a Division One program. Okay. 
Um, they play in a, in a ballpark that seats about 700 people. Um, and they, they hit about 220 as a team. They, I think they have one player that hits 300. Uh, they've only hit 15 home runs at the entire season, and they play in a ballpark that's, that's a little smaller than, than Russo Park. And yet they've given up 41 home runs. So, you know, like I said, I, I, I'd, I'd like to say they're a good baseball team. They really aren't. But you know what? With the way the Cajuns are playing, this, this weekend's about them. It's not about North Alabama. I it's, agree. It's about going out, getting better. Uh, it's about, you know, going out and, you know, Tony said it, only a fool disrespects his opponent. And I'm sure that, uh, that the Cajuns are going to, you know, Matt's going to make sure they're ready. But you still got to go out and play. And there are some things that he hasn't seen from this team or that he hasn't seen lately that he wants to see regardless of who he's playing. Yes. We need some guys to get out the snide, and, and we need to hit through the lineup like you, you've said on several occasions, one through nine. Everyone's got to be able to hit the ball this weekend. We Honestly, we should, we should beat this team. We should beat them handling, but that's why they play the game. Yep. Let's move on because, honestly, I can't find – a whole lot of good to talk about North Alabama, and it's obvious that you uh, can't either. But let's just talk for a few minutes about the Sunbelt Conference tournament and the format and everything. You want me to say something good about North Alabama? Please do. They're better than that St. Peter's team that came in a few years ago. <laughs> They're seven wins better than that St. Seven Peter. wins better, yes. So, uh, so Tuesday's sport. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is pool play. You're going to have uh, three teams in a pool, four pools. Everybody makes the tournament. Uh, contrary to popular belief with some Cajun fans who said that they weren't even sure if they would make the tournament this year in a regular season, well, yes, they would because there are two teams that are usually left out that are worse than us in the league right now. So, uh, yes, we would make the team, but that's okay. we would make the tournament. But if it all ended today, you would have, uh, in, in Pool A, you would have South Alabama, the Cajuns, and Georgia State. Obviously, those are, uh, they're, they're both teams from the East, two teams that we haven't seen already. Uh, well, I guess I take that back. We have seen South Alabama. We haven't seen Georgia State. Georgia State's a 7-11 in uh, conference play and not doing very well overall in, uh, in on their season. But then again, they've, they've played... You know, the Vanderbilts, the Tennessees, the Kentuckys, the Clemson, the Georgias. But uh, moving on from that, you know, uh, could be a difficult pairing. But like like we had talked about off air is that gives us the opportunity to see a Connor Cook or an Aaron Getty uh, against South Alabama. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. You're going to have to win four games to win the whole thing. Now... You can't win the whole thing unless you get through your pool. Well, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a pool where you miss South Alabama and Georgia Southern and you go ahead and, and win and you've thrown Arrigetti and Cook and now you get to the semifinals, you got to face those guys and you don't have either one of your guys? Or is it okay if you have one of them in your pool and you throw Connor Cook against them you know, you've got an excellent chance to win. And if Arrigetti is, is back on track, he'll give you an excellent chance to win. 
And if you win your pool and you advance, now of the two best teams in the league, you've already taken care of one of them. So I, I'm I'm of the opinion it doesn't really matter. Now, you know, the you do get a big advantage if you're a one seed or a two seed, because if you go one if everybody goes one and one in your pod, you automatically advance because you're the higher seeded team. That's a huge advantage. But I'm not I'm not sold on this. Well, we need to avoid this team in pool play. I'm not afraid of anybody in pool play because I'm throwing Arrigetti and Cook in the two games that I'm playing in pool play. Now, what you got? Well, the nice part about it, if you're the, if you're the four seed, you play Monday, or I'm sorry, you play Tuesday and Thursday. Then you get off Friday. You play Saturday and Sunday. So you're going every other day. Whereas if you're the third seed, you play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if you continue to win. So there is some advantage to being the fourth seed, but at the same time, if you're playing well, do you want to play day after day after day and just keep rolling? The interesting thing about this is the one or two seeds are all off on Tuesday, okay? They're all going to play on Wednesday. So if you're going to throw your number one guy in your first game and you want to bring him back for the championship, he's doing it on three days rest. Whereas if you have to play the first day, and you're in the championship game. Now your guy's got four days rest. Look, we could sit here and dissect this all night long. Here's the reality. Whoever you play in your pool, you need to win the first two. Exactly. And if you do that, you're going to be in the final four teams that are battling for a championship. That's what it all boils down to. And, And again, I'll put Arrigetti and Cook up against the top two from anybody else in this league. Um, now, will I put them with their offense, with their defense? That remains to be seen. But, you know, Connor Cook has shown that he can beat anybody. Um, Arrigetti, if he gets back on track, has shown he can be, he, he beat TCU. Last time I checked, they're number two in the RPI this week. So, and our, Louisiana Tech, who's not shy and yeah, low down in the RPI. Either. Exactly. So I, I think our guys are those two guys are capable, and so put us in whatever pool. I ain't scared. You know the old if you if you're scared, say you're scared. I'm not scared. I I agree. The more I look at it, the more we start playing with the numbers of shifting. Because when we looked at this three weeks ago, you know, we were the number one seed, and then then we dropped down to number three after last week. Now we're number four. I don't really care, like you said, because I don't think there's a team. Now, I think we will have advantage against South Alabama because we played them already, but Georgia Southern still scares me a little bit. Look, but I, I, and you know why they scare you? Because we haven't seen them. Because they're probably the best team in the league. Well, that's true, too. Okay. Uh, they won two out of three against South Alabama over the weekend. South Alabama still has a one-game lead in the division because, you know, Georgia Southern managed to lose a series to Georgia State. Yeah. Um, and, and they lost a game against Coastal Carolina they probably shouldn't have lost. But I still think that overall they're the best team in the Sun Belt because not only do they have a really good number one and a pretty good number two guy, They've got the best late-inning relief specialist in the league, who, by the way, tied Dylan Moore's record for saves uh, with the win, uh, with the save uh, in yesterday's game. And they've got up and down the best lineup in the league. Well, again, it's it's 
we still have three weeks left in the in the season. Georgia Southern has, uh, w- if if it ended today, would have Texas State and Coastal Carolina. Is Texas State getting better because they beat the Cajuns? Yet to be seen. Uh, I don't think one one weekend is going to make a season for them, and I'm not sure that they're any better than they were before coming in. Georgia Southern actually has UTA, and uh, I'm talking about in the pool play. Oh, in the pool. Okay. Yeah. All right. In the pool place. Sorry. Yeah. About you know, look, they can still win it. Yeah. Now, I think it's going to be hard for South Alabama to lose multiple games because now they have a non-conference three-game series at Texas State this weekend. Their last road series is at Appalachian State, and and ULM just went in and took two out of three in Boone. And then they get Coastal three games, but they get them at home. So I don't know if South Alabama is even going to lose again as far as conference play is concerned. Texas State. Uh, at Texas State, uh, Coastal Carolina at home at App State with Georgia Southern having uh, Arkansas State at Arkansas State at Elyon. I got Elon. Elon. I knew I was spelled, saying that wrong. And then uh, they U- host UTA. UTA in Statesboro the last so, weekend, which will all, as of right now, be a huge UTA fans. Um, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Georgia Southern fans. Although I have been kind of watching them closely all year long because of our friends in uh, Statesboro. I was, um, and, you, and you know what? Rodney Hennon won his 800th game early this season. Um, and they've won about 35 more since then. He's a, he's a really, really, from what I understand, a really nice man um, who's a good baseball coach. I sent him an email when, when he won his uh, 800th game. And he was kind enough to email me back and say, you know, thank you. Um, but I've heard him, uh, I've heard him speak uh, a few times in some interviews and stuff. I, you know, Rodney Hennon's a good baseball coach and an even better man. And, you know, it's one of those where, okay, um, if we, if, if, if we play him, obviously we want to beat him, but, but if it's not us and it's somebody else, I would have no problem if it were Georgia Southern because, first of all, we we do have friends that that are there, but but on top of that, I think Rodney Hennon is a good leader for that program. And for those that are wondering, Wednesday we'll have Colin Lacey from the Georgia Southern Network on, and then uh, as we get to tournament time or closer to tournament time and at the tournament, both Colin Lacey and Danny Reed will be joining us, uh, at myself and Jay at the conference tournament with maybe one too many bourbons a night, but that's okay because I'm sure at that point you guys will really enjoy the podcast because it should be really fun. Uh, we should have a good time. You'll hear lots of laughs, lots of yucks, and I will probably just sit back and listen to the three of them go at it, but it'll be enjoyable. So anything else you want to say, Jay, wrapping this up tonight? Yeah, go to, go to, um, go to Lamson Park and Russo Park this weekend. Get, yes. get, get, get your ass out of your chair and go support Cajun softball and Cajun baseball. By all means, please come out and support both the girls and the men's this weekend. Uh, got lots of seniors uh, on, on both teams. You got Mother's Day coming up this weekend, which to me is... Uh, a, and, and the moms are doing it. The moms are going to throw out the first pitch on Sunday uh, over at Russo Park. I was hoping they would because that is, and hopefully I will be starting it again, my, one of my top 10 things about Russo Park. Oh, that I, we do. I, I think that uh, that's, a, that's a great tradition that they started. And, uh, you know, I again, I keep going back to Beatrice Guzman, 
who is the mother of Danny Farquhar. And Ms. Beatrice has never had a bad day. Okay, she might have had a bad day the day that Danny collapsed. That might have been the first bad day she's ever had. But always, always so upbeat and always so... And she threw the ball to Danny and it maybe went 10 feet. And she was so excited because she got a chance to throw a ball 10 feet. And then you looked and you had Sue Robbins. Uh, you've had the Sue Robbins of the world and the Colleen Roba shows, uh, you know, who are all, uh, you know, Karen Lucroy was a, was a really good and, and going out there and like warming up in the bullpen before they go. I mean, it, it the cross section of moms is great. And they all have one thing in common. They all have great sons that they love tremendously. And to be able to go out there and play catch for one pitch with their sons, huge for these mothers. It is. It's a great time. I hope everyone makes it out, uh, not just on Sunday, but the, the, the full weekend. Jay, as always, thank you for coming out. We'll see you next week, uh, next Monday, and we will see you at the ballpark uh, this weekend. And now, afterwards... Oh, wait. You're going to a baseball game this I weekend? I am. My goodness. I know. It's something new for me. I've been to two since March 7th, so... I'm excited. Uh, again, I should be out there for the weekend. We'll be out, out at Santa's RV. So please stop by and have an adult beverage. I normally don't drink, but I'll make an exception. Since I, I, I appreciate the fact that you'll make an exception with me. Josh, if you're listening, I know you are because you'll get this before it heads out. Please get better. Missed you, buddy. But your Cubs still suck, so I really don't care at this point. Just go on. Go Reds. Go Dodgers. Thanks for listening. We're talking. We'll see you uh, on Wednesday with Colin Lacey from the Georgia Southern Network. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it. Share it. Put it in your podcast. Broadcast it. Or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.